Glad to be with you. We've got Cubs baseball coming your way, so we don't have a lot of time. Our one-hour show is squeezed down to 45 minutes. Today, we'll have the Cubs for you here on 1350 ESPN. Uh, Going to get into some of what Brock Purdy had to say at his media availability, Iowa State fans, as we are, uh, what, uh, uh, can't even do math, two weeks? Yeah, two weeks from the start of the college football season for Iowa and Iowa State. But first, uh, we always lead the way with a guest talking about one of the big five favorite teams here in Des Moines from the National Football League. Whether it is the Chicago Bears, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, my Green Bay Packers, or the Minnesota Vikings. And as a matter of fact, we are going to go with a, a stop in training camp up to Green Bay. And joining me right now on the line from uh, 1250 The Fan up in Milwaukee, he is Bart Winkler. He does the morning show on that fine radio station. And he is, I, I don't know anybody else going to the second Packers preseason game with no Rodgers and no love playing. So what is the feeling of excitement, Bart, going on in the state of Wisconsin right now for this matchup tomorrow night? You saw the pictures maybe after the Bucks won the championship downtown milwaukee the yeah your district yeah 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 uh, it's like that it's like that man time <laughs> two kurt Benkert, the other guy uh jake dolagola i said that wrong it's gonna be quite a day as the packers and the jets battle third string against third string <laughs> on saturday afternoon football what are when you guys talk about the Packers on the air, I mean, I, I'm sure there's still a lot of divisive Rodgers love, the draft pick, you know, all that going back. But what storylines are actual meaty storylines that matter going in that are, are actually worth talking about for this team? Uh, none. I mean, <laughs> honestly, I mean, honestly, the season needs to start. You know, all these different teams have these really juicy battles. You know, there's a lot of quarterback stuff, uh, like with the Cowboys. Is Dak going to play? What's the situation there? Uh, with the Bears, Justin Fields, Andy Dalton. There's so many good storylines, and it's good for Packers fans that there's not that. I mean, it's good that the team is pretty much, you know, Gutekind sat out, and they sat out 30 guys, a lot of starters last week, and they'll probably do the same again. And some of these teams, when they're doing the inter-squad scrimmages together, they sit out more starters because those guys got the work in during the week. So I don't know. I mean, honestly, I'm going to be checking the depth chart repeatedly <laughs> tomorrow, even as somebody who claims to know everything about the Packers. But it's it's the it's the fringe battles. You know, sometimes we'll get made fun of, like we're actually breaking down the the long snapper job, and we're actually breaking down the sixth receiver because are they going to keep Devin Funches or are they going to keep Malik Taylor because Funches is better, but Malik Taylor can play special teams. Those are the kind of things we're actually talking about because those are, like, the only jobs that are up for grabs right now. Obviously, the Rodgers thing looms large. Anytime that he talks, it's, it's, it's been interesting. He's really being honest. And, you know, for a summer of not talking, he's really giving us everything. So it's interesting to hear what he has to say. But this is a team that it's pretty much figured out that this is going to be a good squad whether or not Rodgers or Devontae or these guys are here next year, I think everybody's focused on give us give us this season, this last dance, as they were saying, and let's see what we can do. Talking to Bart Winkler from a 1250 The Fan up in Milwaukee about the Packers here on Wicket's World on 1350 ESPN in Des Moines. I, I, I feel like if you were to take the pulse of Packers fans in April and then May 
and then June and July, and here we get to August. It would have been kind of a roller coaster of Team Goot, Team Rogers, Team let's just rip the Band-Aid off, trade him to Denver. Oh, we love him because he's back. Our fans all back in the corner of Aaron Rodgers that maybe left in July when this didn't, we didn't know when this was going to, how this was going to end. I really think that his, his first press conference where he was completely honest and just talked about everything, you know, it was, it was good to hear from him. It was such a summer of hearing from everybody else, hearing from players, hearing from media, all these prognostications, 5% chance he'll be back. It was this whole summer of that to finally hear from Rodgers. I think it was a good reset for everybody because, yeah, you know, this happened with Favre where Favre moved on and then Rodgers took over. So this has kind of happened before, at least how do you depart from a Hall of Fame quarterback? This kind of happened before. And we just didn't want to go through it again, I think. I think that people just overwhelmingly, yeah, you could take a side, whatever, you still might. You want it to be over. You just want, you want to make sure that Rodgers is the quarterback for as long as possible. But, again, we also know that that may not happen. And so this preseason has been about Jordan Love. What's he going to look like? I thought he played pretty well the other night. But now he's hurt. So now it is this Kurt Benkert experience. <laughs> so the one, like, juicy thing we had has kind of been taken away because Love's kind of banged up. He should be fine, but a little banged up, doesn't want to play, or they're not going to play him. I think for the most part it really is. There's a lot of unfinished business. There's a lot unsettled. There certainly is. But we're just kicking the can down the road, man. We're kicking the can down the road with Rodgers. Fans are. Devontae. Devontae could be holding out right now if he wanted to. He wants to be the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL, and he probably should be. But he's going to play this year and then see what happens. So there's a lot of things that we're just kind of burying under the rug and focusing on this year. And then, you know, next year will be – an offseason as sloppy and as messy as this one was. Devontae and Aaron Rodgers, who's with the roster next year? Who's on this team next year? Both or neither? Um, I think Devontae. I think they can work it out with him, possibly tag him. I'll, I'll let my brother answer that question because we just had a party for my two-year-old son. Just turned two. Thank happy, you for the gift. Happy birthday. Yeah, thanks for the gift. Yeah, no and problem. And so my brother was at a store, and there were two jerseys to pick from, Rodgers or Devontae. They were the only kids' side. He went with Devontae because he thought it would be more likely that he's here next year. I still think that's a good question. I, I think that everything can get worked out. It just might depend on how far they go. But if I had to pick one, I'd say Devontae. It is going to be hard, though, to pay him what he wants. And, 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 again, what he probably deserves. I mean, we can't say that he's the best wide receiver in the league and then want him to be paid like the 12th best wide receiver in the league. We talk a lot about how the salary cap isn't real, right? You know, the Chiefs manipulated things, all these other teams manipulating the cap. But at some point, at some point it's kind of real. You can't just pay everybody $20 million a year <laughs> and, and go from there. And the Packers have another guy on the other side of the ball they're going to need to pay in Jair Alexander, who is probably going to need to be paid as a top cornerback in the league, if that's what we think he is. So there's a lot of guys, you know, Bakhtiari and Kenny Clark and these three agents that we brought back, the Smith brothers, Aaron Jones. At some point, you are going to run out of money. That's kind of why they drafted Jordan Love, right, in the first place, to get a quarterback on a rookie deal where you're not having $40 million go to one guy, you know, 30% of your cap almost. So that's what the thinking was. But then Rodgers was like, no, I'm the best won the MVP. I would still say, I would say I'll go 
I'll go Devontae, then both, then neither, then just Rodgers, no Devontae. Bart Winkler joining us from 1250 to Fan out of Milwaukee as the Packers and Jets are getting ready for the big second preseason game. Talking about the green and gold here on 1350 ESPN. Other side of the ball, you mentioned Alexander. Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, who had a bad year last year, gave some of his salary back or took a pay cut. I thought that was really interesting. But the biggest move on defense was getting rid of Mike Pettin and bringing in a new defensive coordinator. And everybody's going to say, well, he was the defensive coordinator for that winless Lions team. But what has Joe Barry brought to the table? Are there reports coming out? Have you seen anything from camp that makes you feel like this defense is going to be improved upon from last year? Every player has said energy. You know, Joe Barry's an energetic guy, and that's good. I mean, you, you want a guy that's energetic, but now we need to see it translate to the field. You know, these preseason games are, they, they are important, and I do watch them, and I do love them, but the win-loss part of it, obviously not important, unless you're a psycho. But as far as, um, they're like a big gambler. So I guess right. they're important to a lot of people. Right, yeah, so basically half the country. <laughs> I saw one guy say, put your mortgage on Packers minus two against the Texans last week. What? And the Texans beat the Packers by like 20. I don't know how you're that confident in the preseason. I heard a, but no, watching, I, this, that first pre, watching that first preseason game, if you're just solely judging on the first preseason game, and LaFleur has talked about this, Matt LaFleur, he says, look, we're going to run our scheme. We're not going to dial it back because it's the preseason. These are the guys that are going to play in our scheme. At some point we might need them. So we're going to run our scheme in the game. So in that scheme, what do we know about the Packers on defense? They got up a lot of third and longs. They did that in the preseason. <laughs> what do they know about the special teams? There's a new coordinator there, too. They're bad. They were bad in the preseason. So if you look at it like that, then nothing's really changed. It'll be, it'll be an answer that takes a while to, to be answered because – Remember, there was a one year uh, a few years ago where the Packers, I think they might have, was it Seattle? They beat somebody like 17-9. It was Petten's first year. And Rodgers says, we got a defense after week one. And then the defense got worse and worse and worse every year. So it's going to take a while to answer that question. But I do think that there's hope for improvement. I just, I just think another year with all these guys, Eric Stokes, the rookie cornerback, has been impressive in camp so far. Devontae Adams saying Many good things about him yesterday. He's been the one facing him the most. So I think there's, there's optimism. But other than that, it is a new coordinator, but it's all, it's all Mike Pettin's guys. It's all the other guys. They wanted Jim Leonard. They offered a job to Jim Leonard, defensive coordinator with Wisconsin. They didn't get him. Joe Barry was kind of like an afterthought. But Matt LaFleur was also the last guy that the Packers offered the job to, and that worked out pretty good. So we'll see. I think there's reason for optimism. The defensive players seem to like them. But if you're judging on one preseason game, nothing's changed so far. I think that's the way it's kind of been for a lot of defenses. I mean, what the uh, the Vikings gave up 1,000 points last week to, to Drew Locke in Denver. Last night, Cam Newton scored 35, or Cam and the, and the Patriots, whatever, scored 35 on, on Philadelphia's defense. It just feels like usually the defense is ahead of the offense, but for some reason we're seeing in preseason a lot of high scores. Yeah, I think some of that, too, is like the no contact. I mean, they really don't touch each other no, anymore no. in practice. That's why you're seeing so many fights this week, just because these guys get the chance to hit somebody again. Like every inter-squad scrimmage has had a fight of some kind. Even there was a scuffle between the Packers and the Jets. 
These guys, just, they're just so desperate to, to get out there. You play this violent sport, and then you tell everybody, don't hit anybody. Well, okay, that's, that's like not how it goes. So we'll see. I think that it's going to be an interesting game Saturday. They have to win, man. They got to come out and attack the run early. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got to get pressure on Zach Wilson. He's a rookie quarterback. If you get pressure on him early, that's going to set the tone, Mike, for the rest of the game. Does uh, Does Aaron Rodgers ever need to play a single snap in preseason for the rest of his career? No, he talked about that this week. He talked a lot about how it's the practices that that's where he gets sharper. He doesn't need to play in the preseason. I mean, if if he has to, he does, but he doesn't. He doesn't need to. I don't think he's played in a preseason game since 2018. I think they played one drive. They scored a touchdown. I feel like Jimmy Done. Graham scored, and we got all excited about it. <laughs> I feel like that's what happened. And then Jimmy Graham didn't score ever again. I think that Rodgers gets a lot of that in in practice, and he's really like we were wondering. He hates these inter squad scrimmages. He hates them, and we're wondering why. And he talked this week again about how he did a red zone drill against the Texans. And in this drill, the Texans were dropping eight guys back all the time, every play. And Rodgers said, okay, that, that, that doesn't work against me. I've proven that time and time again. He got nothing out of it. So he really, he'll, he'll show up to practice. He wants to practice. He wants to get something out of every drill. He must just not, you know, get anything out of preseason anymore. He just stroll on the field, score touchdown, go home. I don't know. It'd be great if I saw him on Saturday. I'm going to the game. It'd be great to see him. But you know how big of a Kurt Benkert fan I've always been. So yes. So I'll, I'll take that as well. I mean, you've got the home jersey. You've got the away jersey. You got that new Oregon Ducks jersey that the Packers rolled out yesterday. You are a big Benkert guy. I know that. Um, more real quick, more on the offense because it's just more exciting sometimes, especially with, with all the fantasy names. But I was really shocked that they brought back Aaron Jones, considering they drafted Quadzilla and A.J. Dillon, and, and, you know, that future seems to be Love and Dillon. Was it surprising to anybody else that they brought Jones back and paid him what they did? Yeah, it was surprising that they were able to. I think we all, we all like Jones around here. Yeah. We all, I mean, oh, we absolutely, love Aaron yes. But we just figured that someone's going to pay him. Miami was talked about. There were other teams, you know, $15 million to $18 million a year. He's so dynamic in both the receiving and the rushing game that you would think, yeah, if someone's going to pay him. Packers don't have a chance. But the Packers had a chance. And, and now, you know, Jamal Williams goes to Detroit. You're going to have A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones really get a lot of the carries. I think you're going to see a lot more of A.J. Dillon this year. I think everybody kind of agrees on that. But Aaron Jones... I mean, you yes, you want Aaron Jones. He's so explosive. He's so dynamic. One thing that we're not going to be able to say anymore about these Packers is that Aaron Rodgers doesn't have enough weapons. We're not going to be able to say that anymore. No, you, you, he's got you, you can't top. say that. You haven't been able to say that for a couple of years. He's got weapons all over. He's got weapons in the backfield. I mean, you got two guys that can do different things. You got like five tight ends that are doing different things. <laughs> you got you brought back Randall Cobb. You got Marquez Valdez-Scantling is getting better. Devin Funches, again, I talked about him. Alan Lazard. Amari Rogers. they drafted Randall Cobb Jr. Mm-hmm. So they, they, have, they have weapons. You won't be able to say that at all. And to have Aaron Jones back, I mean, I just, that's why I really think very highly of what this team can be. And when Rodgers was looking at his options, 
You know, if, if he wants to sit out, he can. If he wants to quit now and go host Jeopardy, he can do that too. But if he wants to win a Super Bowl, this is a team that can, I think the over-under on him is 10.5. That is going to be shattered. They're winning 12, 13 games if everything, if they stay healthy and don't run into any trouble. This is going to be a very dynamic, explosive offensive team that's going to be on a mission. They've gone to two NFC Championship games in a row, lost them both. They need to get back there. The defense is going to be improved in Hungary with a defensive coordinator that has a lot to prove. You're going to have guys on special teams that this is the only way they're getting on the team is if it's going to be on special teams. So I think they're going to be a little refined from where they were a season ago talent-wise. There's, you've got Mason Crosby at age 50 still kicking the ball perfectly. <laughs> there, there are very little holes on this team, to go back to what I was saying, is that there's very little to talk about because in the preseason because this team is pretty solid. And there's not a lot of battles to be won. It's just a matter of who's going to be the guy that explodes for the big game this week. It's going to be how many touchdowns does Rodgers throw. It's not going to be an undefeated season. It's not going to be perfect. There'll be challenges along the way. But you look at where the Packers are, they are absolutely a top three, top two Super Bowl favorite for the team for the season this year, for sure. Are we going to get the State Farm Bowl, the Mahomes v. Rodgers Bowl? I'm kind of, I, I kind of think Tampa's going back. <laughs> Follow him think... on, on Twitter at Wings Thinks. After all of that, top three teams, Super Bowl contender. This is the well, re- this you Brady come back thing. and you're going with Brady. Brady, you can't you can't vanquish this guy. He doesn't go away. <laughs> He's gonna end up winning more Super Bowls in Tampa than he did in New England. Hey, uh, enjoy the uh, the big matchup tomorrow. I'm really jealous I'm not making that ride from Milwaukee up to Green Bay for three hours and then three hours back after a big matchup like this one coming up tomorrow night against the Jets, Bart. Oh, you're going to miss out on the uh, one two-lane highway we have between the two cities (laughs) that the entire state drives on at one time. So (laughs) you're missing out, dude. Bart, always good to to talk with you, my friend. Thanks for coming on, and uh, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the game. Oh, I will. I'll send you pictures. Oh, yeah, please do. <laughs> Take care, buddy. See ya. Bart Winkler joining me here on uh, the Packers beat from 1250 The Fan up in Milwaukee. Now, he is going to the game tomorrow. What a boring-ass game to go to. You know Rodgers, fine, but no Jordan Love. The only reason to watch the Packers in this offseason or in the preseason has been Love. Like last Saturday, I got done with all the work, put all the babies to bed, and I wanted to see, especially because the game kicked off at 7, you got to see what happens when Love is out there. And then he's done after a half hour. Or in this case, he was done after two quarters. You're not even getting that tonight. You're getting somebody named Tim Bankard, whoever the hell that is. It, it's just, ah, preseason is sometimes, it's great when it gets here. And we love it because it's football. But then it is also awful football. <laughs> it's, awful. it's just terrible. Uh, coming up, we're going to switch gears from the pros to the college game. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, hear from Brock Purdy, the quarterback of the seventh-ranked Iowa State Cyclones, the highest preseason ranking in the history of the school. Purdy is a Heisman, I don't want to say contender, but his name is on the list. We'll do that coming up next. You're on 1350 ESPN. This is Wicket's World on 1350 ESPN. From the Bally Bet Sportsbook App Studio, get social features, casino rewards, and exclusive games in one betting app.
1350 ESPN from the Bally Bed Studios. Wicket's World here on a Friday. We got Cubs baseball coming your way in just a bit. Cubs at Wrigley taking on the Kansas City Royals. Pat and Ron will have the call. Pre-game at 1245 with Zach Zaidman and then 120 right here in Des Moines on 1350 ESPN for the first pitch. You know, our, uh, our, our, our intrepid producer, Big Pete, went back to Mizzou. And now we have called in a Des Moines radio legend. <laughs> a legend in Des Moines radio well, history. Thank you, thank you very much. I am a sports idiot, though. Danny, Although, Danny you were, Bishop. You were, thank you. You were talking about the Packers, and mm-hmm. I've actually been to a Packers game, a home up, game. Up at Lambeau Field? Yeah, yeah. Green Bay, Wisconsin is an interesting town. Yeah. When it's not a Packers day... There ain't much going on. <laughs> <laughs> is it really that good? It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty dead. Okay. It's pretty dead. But, you know, game day, it just takes over. When did you go to a game? Oh, 15, 16 years ago, oh. just guessing. Was it was Rodgers the quarterback or, or was Favre? See, that, now I was just trying to remember, and I honestly can't because both names are so prominent. Okay. Um, I think it was really, probably Aaron. You must have really enjoyed yourself if you can't remember the quarterback. Well, it was an experience. <laughs> and just, you know, being there is part of the fun. Um, my cousin had to go. Mm-hmm. We were in Des Moines, so we drove up there. And by the way, there's no way to get there from Des Moines. Okay? No. Driving to, no. to Green Bay is... God, what is that awful. drive? About nine hours? Oh, nine hours to get to Green Bay from Des Moines? I don't remember. It's such a bad memory. I blocked it out. <laughs> Road construction. I even had a GPS, and it still took us, you know... Did oh. you go when the weather was warm or when the tundra was frozen? No. Uh, it was still springtime. Okay. Or... Fall time. Fall time. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say spring. Ah. <laughs> uh, One I, of those two. I have been to very, very warm games at Lambeau Field, and I've been to very, very cold games mm. up there. I mean, that is some of the coldest I've ever been in my oh, life. Yeah. I've been to a number of Iowa home Oh, games, sure. So, I and imagine. the bees flying around. And... Yeah, the, uh, I, I would love to get to a game at, at Jack Trice or at Kinnick late, yeah. late in the year. I yeah. love cold weather football. I, maybe not since I've had kids and I've gotten old and everything yeah. hurts more. But old, young me not, loves cold-weather football. I don't know so about me. I haven't got to that point yet, but hopefully that'll happen this year. I do love fall uh, tailgating very much. See, Danny, common ground. Yeah. Here, here we go. Well, I'm glad you're hanging out with us here today. We appreciate it. Um, we are you know, specifically talking about Iowa State right here. You bring up tailgating, you bring up the fall, and we are two weeks from the start of the college football season for Iowa State. And Brock Purdy, their quarterback, you know, fourth year as the starter, fifth year senior, going into this, he's got all the expectations in the world. But, you know, he says that being a fourth-year guy is really going to help. Just going into my fourth year, um, just knowing my teammates, knowing who can do what, um, understanding what I have to do in our offense um, with such great talent around me, who's calling the plays. I'm going into my third year with Coach Manning, and I understand how he's calling plays. And the stuff that we've put it in, put into the playbook this offseason has been, you know, awesome. I love it. It's right up my alley. And, um, you know, going out to practice and just repping out, you know, the, certain, the new stuff, um, just it feels great. And Coach Manning and I are on the same page right now, and uh, as well as Coach Campbell. So we're, we're really excited, but that's my mindset going in to, you know, my fourth year. It's Iowa State's quarterback Brock Purdy, who is – the guy, the man. I mean, he is the leader. And Purdy was asked about assuming more leadership and taking that leadership role to the next level at this point in his career at Iowa State. 
Yeah, I feel like that was the case a couple of years ago. You know, um, you know they wanted a guy and they needed a guy in this in this program. And you know, obviously, I wanted to be that guy for them. And so I felt like there was a lot of pressure and stuff from my teammates. Like, hey, I got to make plays. I got to do this, this, and that. Where now it's like, hey, yeah, they expect me to, you know, be the quarterback and do the right thing. But um, it's there's no added pressure. Like they know what I'm going to do for them, and I know what they're going to do for me. So that's really how we look at it. And um, you know, we all have a great relationship and trust in one another, I think, more than really anybody else in the country, if you ask me. You know, one of the things that, that Purdy did talk about at his uh, press session a couple of days ago was that, you know, there is pressure, but he doesn't feel more pressure this year because he's got so much experience in his back pocket. And he said that from last year to this year, he's definitely changed his mentality. Wait, yeah. is that a you thing or is that... No, I think, I think it goes both ways. You know, um, I think last year we learned a lot as far as, you know, hey... This is what I need to do in the offense. Where before, when I first started playing, it's like, you know, I gotta, I gotta make you know, spark in the offense. I gotta make big plays every single play. I gotta go deep or make, score a touchdown. Like that was my mentality, um, and, and I feel like the guys on the team sort of look to me to do that kind of stuff. Where now it's like, hey, we all understand. We're gonna drive down the field. We're gonna do this, this, and that. And the play calls, um, they know what I have to do in the play. I know what they have to do. And so, um, yeah, I think we've all matured um, for sure. Like the older guys that I've played with for a while, they don't expect anything crazy out of me. They understand that I'm going to do my job where I'm at uh, in my career. So that's just how it is. One of the keys to Iowa State season, they open with Northern. Then they've got the big Cyhawk game. The rest of the schedule is pretty manageable until that matchup with Oklahoma. But one of the keys... One of the bugaboos about Iowa State, even with some of the recent success, all you got to do is look back to last year. They can't stumble in September. Yeah, no, yeah. I think um, for as cheesy as it sounds, having a good fall camp, um, you know, over summer we're here together. We've been training and doing balls together even in the summer. And so now in fall camp, it's like, all right, all that, you know, preparation and training with offense and being together, we're going to see how it is. And so literally, I think having a, a really hot fall uh, camp from beginning to end um, is really crucial as far as going into the first game because you, know, you have camp for, what, two weeks, and then you have a week of practice and then game week. So um, I feel like the years pass. I'm not going to lie. Like, I feel like we were just a roller coaster as an offense in fall camp, and then we go out to the first game, and it's like, shoot, we're trying to find out who we are as an offense, who can do what, um, where now we understand who can do what at an early you know, age in fall camp this year so i think that's big as far as having early success early in the year well with that being said camp seemingly you would think is going well here's purdy yeah no it's been amazing i think this is probably one of the best fall camps we've had yet since i've been here um as an offense um you know as far as the maturity we have the leadership everybody knows what to expect um where before years past it's like certain guys trying to get everyone going like literally everyone steps up we have so many leaders it's like dang like sometimes you got to step back and let someone else step up and lead and learn to do that kind of stuff which is a good thing where we're at so this has been one of the best fall camps as far as the offense goes defense looks great as well i know today you know we're doing two minute drills and i mean dude we're just grinding away defense is making plays offense is making plays it's like wow you know we have so much maturity and talent um across the board and we have so much depth so we're really excited about that we have to finish this thing off the right way but i love where we're at so far got to tell you, man, I, I, I took a little look at the regular season opener, which is two weeks from tomorrow. And normally week one of the college football season absolutely sucks. Like there's always, maybe there's one game and it's like Alabama is always playing like 
Michigan, and they wind up winning by 35. Coming up, Iowa State doesn't have much of an exciting opener, but there are so many ranked versus ranked games. It's very uncommon in the first week of the college football season to see this. The Big Ten is to blame, and I'll tell you why coming up next. Phone lines are open. 515-244-1350. This is Wicket's World on 1350 ESPN. I was, uh, I was just handed this. It's Wicket's World here on 1350 ESPN. I'm Mike Wicket. Somebody just handed this to me. If you are a WWE fan, we got SummerSlam tomorrow. John Cena's back, taking on Roman Reigns. And if you want to watch it over at the Palms, which is an awesome place to watch it on the big screen, you can sit in the recliner, you can uh, win tickets. I'm going to tell you how coming up in the next nine minutes all right so you'll be able to win tickets i'll tell you how coming up and you'll be able to watch the entire uh summer slam you and a friend so just be listening for your chance to win i'll tell you how and you can be there over at the palms theater from right from us here at 1350 espn so i just happened to look you know we just heard from brock purdy and i just happened to look at the week one schedule for college football and i geek out about this kind of stuff normally week one if there's one good matchup if we even get that. And I know they like to have a big matchup to try to, you know, try to kick things off. But you don't normally see this kind of schedule for week one of the college football season. And the first game of the year is, what, the second? And it's you know, the Citadel and Coastal Carolina. Who cares? But once we get into that Saturday, you get North Carolina at Virginia Tech. Tough place to go in and play. North Carolina has really high expectations. But that one doesn't really trip the trigger. At 11 a.m. that day, Big Ten fans, you get Penn State and Wisconsin. You get number 19 versus number 12. A real measuring stick for both teams really early on. The Big Ten has a lot. I think all of the Big Ten is playing each other in week one. Minnesota is playing against Ohio State. That should be a blowout, but you never know. Ohio State, of course, has another freshman quarterback coming in who's probably better than anybody else in the nation, but you never know in that one. But the Big Ten is a couple of these. More coming up in just a second. At 2.30, you've got Alabama and Miami. Miami is 14. Bama, of course, is the number one team in the nation. But this game is being played in Atlanta. It's, it's all about De'Eric King. And is Miami ready to step up? The betting industry may not really like Miami much in this one. Alabama is a 19-point favorite in this going into that matchup. Later on in the day, of course, you've got Iowa State taking on Northern Iowa. That game will probably not be on the board at most casinos because of where Northern Iowa is. But Iowa State can't trip up. You heard Purdy talk about it a couple of minutes ago. Iowa State can't trip up with that one the way they did with Louisiana last year in week one of the season. They shouldn't. I don't think Northern is anywhere near as good as that Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajun team was last year. But Iowa State can't trip up. You also have Indiana and Iowa. The Hawkeyes and the Hoosiers, Iowa's a four-point favorite. That one's at Kinnick. They kick off the same time, by the way. Iowa and Iowa State both kick off at 2.30. Indiana's 17, Iowa's 18. Later, that same Louisiana team that beat Iowa State a year ago, they're 23rd in the nation going into this year, and they're playing against Texas, who is 21 in the nation. And Sarkeesian's first game 
A lot of drama going into that one. I'm not done. The night game, which, by the way, you'll hear this game right here on 1350 ESPN. If you're driving around or you got to work or whatever, you can't watch it, you want to listen to it, we'll have it. Number five, Georgia, and number three, Clemson. They say you can't win the national championship in September. I don't know if in today's world you can necessarily lose it in September, but if you're going to lose and and you're going to... If you're Clemson and you have obviously very high expectations, they're number three. Or if you're Georgia and you're number five, you can't afford a loss this early on. It'll be easier for Clemson to bounce back and potentially run the table because of the conference that they play in than it will be for Georgia to run the table the rest of the way. Because then we're going to get into the, well, who should get in? A one-loss Big 12 team or a two-loss SEC team? Should Georgia stumble in that one? That's one of the night games. Also, you get Notre Dame and Florida State later on in the week as well. So we have got so many good college football games to start the year out. And I don't know, I'm not going to look too far ahead into, into, into week number two, but week number one provides so many good games. You're just looking at it right now and you think, oh man, how does this happen? But this is going to be great. Can't wait for college football to start. And, you know, there's... The expectations coming out of Iowa State, the expectations coming out of Ames, they are sky high. We already heard from Brock Purdy. You know, Matt Campbell spoke earlier this week. The entire Iowa State Cyclone fan base is going absolutely ape, you know what, to get to this season, and they just can't stumble in that first game. And then, should they prevail? I think we've talked about this before, but should they prevail? And should Iowa get past Indiana? And they are favored to get past Indiana. That's the biggest Cyhawk game in the history of the state. There's never been a bigger Cyhawk game ever than the 2021 version of this rivalry should both teams get out of week one. And both teams, you know, you're very confident Iowa State gets out of week one. You're somewhat confident Iowa gets out of week one. They are playing at home against Indiana. Um, maybe the one of the best, if not the best, Indiana team that the Hoosiers have had in a long time, potentially ever. So... This is, man, so much intrigue going into week one, and we're still two weeks away from it for both squads. Meanwhile, the NFL, and I, I think I've said my piece about the National Football League. You, you, you've got all these preseason games. Do they really matter? I mean, again, my Packers are playing the Jets tomorrow night. Who really cares what happens in that game? The whole goal of this preseason for Green Bay is to stay healthy. Same thing goes for the Chiefs. Chiefs are playing at Arizona tonight. The only goal is keep everybody healthy. I did see an interesting stat that the Chiefs could be starting three rookie offensive linemen on the right side, which is wild considering the struggles this offensive line had in the Super Bowl and how that was supposed to be what Patrick Mahomes was getting was this revamped offensive line. But for reasons, you know, this reason or that reason, there's going to be some young young offensive lineman whose job it is to, uh, to protect Patrick Mahomes. So, I mean, it is, it is starting to feel like fall. It is starting to feel like the football season is really, truly upon us. You just want to make sure that all the big names of your favorite team, they all stay healthy, and, and we can get to the regular season for both college and the pros. All right? So, uh, enjoy your football weekend this weekend. Here's what we're going to do right now. If you want to win those two tickets to go so, uh, watch SummerSlam over at the Palms Theater, got a pair for you right now. Just be caller number two. 
to 515-244-1350. It's 515-244-1350. We'll give the, uh, the pair of tickets to caller number two here on 1350 ESPN. All right, that's it. Short show today. Danny, bang up job. Great Thanks, job. Thanks, sir. Appreciate it. It's been Wonderful. a lot of fun. Thanks to Bart Winkler for joining us. Uh, coming up next, Zach Zaidman has the pregame. Pat and Ron have the call. Cubs baseball. Cubs and uh, Royals. Coming up next here on 1350 ESPN. This has been Wicket's World. My name is Mike Wicket. We'll talk with you next week.